You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so let me ask you some questions. What is the reason that you should attend worship on a Sunday morning? Anybody? Anybody? You're not used to being interactive on Sunday morning, are you? Oh, we get to actually answer a question. What, what's the reason? Come on. What are, what are the reasons? Prepare our heart to worship together. To worship together. Okay, you should be worshiping all week, but to worship together. Because God says so. Right? I mean, that, that should be enough, right? Instruction. We need instruction. We need, we need uh, encouragement. We need all that. So all of those, all of those are, are good reasons, reasons that we need, very important reasons why we should be at church every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. Okay, got that one in. All right. Uh, why should you attend a small group? Relationships. A lot of the same reasons. Instruction. You know, it's a place where you can actually ask the questions. See, you're totally thrown off because you can't do a lot of question and answer right here in this setting, can you? But in small groups, you can ask a question and get an answer. Maybe you don't get the answer right then, but, you, you know, you can get an answer, and you can talk it out and those kinds of things. Okay, so the connections, relationships, the instruction, all those same kinds of things. But, okay, and I don't do a whole lot of, you know, uh, Superlatives like the most important, but here's one I'm going to give you today. The most important reason you attend a small group or that you attend church worship on Sunday is because someone there needs you. Okay, now maybe you hadn't got that. Maybe, maybe, maybe that didn't just, just you know, feel like it just rolled off my tongue and into your ears, right? But that's the most important reason to attend church or to attend a small group is someone needs you. And I hope by the time this sermon is over, you will understand why I mean that. You mean I'm not here? No, no. Yep. When you, when you first became a Christian, yeah, you were here now for you. You're here for you because you need stuff and all of that. But you've got to grow to this place where you understand you have responsibility. When, when you become a part of, part of a group of people, you have responsibility to that group of people. Can somebody say amen there? I mean, whether it's the church, a family, a business, you take a job, you're responsible to the people where, that you work with. Whatever, when you, begin, when you join a group of people, you're responsible to those people. And there are people here today who need you. And that is the number one reason. And, it, and it, it's, it's a place where most of us don't feel like we can have impact because, oh, I, I, just, I just couldn't come up and be a part of the prayer team and, and pray with people. That's just not me. I just couldn't do that. Or, or I, I don't have the gifts to, to stand up here and play or sing, and, and, and that's just not me. Or, or I don't have the speaking ability to be able to speak and to share a message. So, so we just pass it off. We're just here on Sunday you know, maybe to you know, pay tithes and give an offering, you know, and, you know, and drink some coffee you know, and everything. And, and we don't realize you have right now, not last week we talked about impact, but you have right now a huge opportunity for impact in this room right here right now so let me talk to you about it okay and it's not just it's not just the things you think of okay but i, I want to talk about all of this so, so take me in my next slide okay here's what, here's the things that we do um take me to the next slide 
Next slide. Thank you. We should encourage one another, stand up for each other, and be an example to each other. And those are things we can do right here, right now. Encouraging one another, standing up for each other, and being an example to each other. So, so let me read some scripture. Romans 14. Read those first three verses with me. Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Now, who are we talking about? We're talking about people who are weak in the faith, young in the faith. People who haven't yet grown to a place. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believes, uh, another, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. See, you guys thought this vegan thing was brand new. Well, the Bible's talking about it 2,000 years ago, okay? God was telling you about it. But uh, some will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Now, this chapter goes into a lot of other things. Now, let's point out this. He's not talking about people, you know, because you believe this and you believe that, and, and, and everything's okay. Y'all don't worry about it. He's not talking about people who believe murder's okay, right? He's not talking about people who believe robbery, stealing is okay. He's not talking about that kind of thing. He's talking about things like whether you can eat meat or not. And if you read on down, you'll see you're talking about whether uh, we, should, we should worship on this day or that day, worship on Saturday or worship on Sunday or whatever day that we worship together. Those are the kinds of things. Here's, here's the point. Is someone's walk with God is more important than my opinion? And if I am going to be a mature, strong Christian believer, and maybe you aren't yet today, but you're getting there, then you're going to have to start understanding that and, and realize that j just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you should share it every single moment that it comes to your mind. And that you need to be careful because we need to be encouraging one another. Not saying things or, 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 or bringing doubt into the question or, or bringing doubt into people's mind. Oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm sinning if I eat this. Or maybe I'm sinning. If I, we, we shouldn't be, or, or, or maybe they're sinning because they're eating this. Is that we should be encouraging one another. We have the opportunity for impact. Now, I said this to the prayer team just before service when we were praying. I said something about, you know, what the sermon was going to be about. And, and someone said, oh, impact sometimes is negative. It is. And that's the point is we got to make sure our impact is not negative. Our impact should be positive. It should be encouraging. It should be lifting people up. We should be standing for one another and believing in one another. Okay, so let me take you some more scripture, talk about just another little area right there. And this is Matthew, the words of Christ, chapter 18, verse 15, 16, and 17. Jesus says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Y'all see that word privately? Y'all know what that means, right? You know, it doesn't mean social media, okay? Go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, awesome. You've won that person back. You have a friend again. You know, you've won them back. But if you're unsuccessful, you know, you could put the word then right there. But if you're unsuccessful, then. Not, don't start here in the middle. If you're unsuccessful, just you and that person then take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And if the person still refuses to listen, then take your case to the church. There's a progression here. Sometimes we get it backwards, don't we? We get upset with somebody and we won't tell everybody. We won't start at the bottom. Let's tell everybody. You know, who does Jesus say, talk to if you got a problem? Not Facebook. Not even your best friend forever. <laughs> Not even that person. 
You're supposed to just talk to that one person. And why would, why would you do that? Why would you do it that way? Because you know what? Sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. Sometimes the person that wronged you doesn't even know they wronged you. And they don't have the opportunity to apologize until you tell them, hey, you hurt my feelings. And so you do that privately because you know what they might come back with? After you've told everybody and all your neighbors and friends and everything, you know what? They might come back with, well, you know, the reason I reacted that way is because of what you said right before that. And you might realize, wait a minute, I was the problem in the first place. And believing the best. Okay, so, so let me lay out some scenarios for you. And, and I can't tell your story because I didn't live your life. I can just tell you my story. Okay, so let me tell you just a few instances from my life. I, uh, one time the, I was pastoring and I uh, had a youth pastor that was a, he was a really, I mean, he was a guy like, if, if we set the parameters right here, he was going, he wasn't going to go across the line, but his toes were, you know what I mean? <laughs> he, you know, if we said, this is your limit, you know, his, his toes were going to stick out over that line, you know, and so he was, he was, a, he was an aggressive guy, and, and I had a lady come in, into my office one day, and, and uh, she, she walked right in, walked up to my desk, she said, you know, and she called the guy's name, and I almost did right there, and uh, she said, you know, he did so and so and so and so, and, and, I, and I said, I said, wait a minute, have you talked with him about that? And she said, no, I haven't talked to him. I said, well, you know, I think he's right down the hall, and I picked up the phone and said, let me call him. To come down. Guess what she said then? Oh, pastor, it's not that big a deal. Then why are you messing my day up with it? Amen, come on, think about it. You have people do that, right? Oh, it's not that because they don't want to mess. All they want you, they just want to mess your day up. I mean, they're already, me and they want to mess your day up. They want to mess your life up. You know what? And, and I don't even know what it was about. I can't even remember. God has given me an awesome mind like that, that it just dumps stupid stuff. I mean, I mean insignificant stuff, you know, that it just goes, I don't even remember what it was about. Because as soon as she said it wasn't important, I dropped it too. You know what that lady never did? She never, ever complained to me about anybody else. Here's the thought. Here's the point. You get tired of hearing junk? Let me give you a solution. Quit listening. That's all you got to do. It's just when people know you won't listen, when people know that you won't listen, especially outside of, of, the, of the hearing of the person that they've got problems with, they'll quit telling you stuff. If you're tired of hearing stuff, just quit listening. You know, because that's what the Scripture, that's what Jesus is saying. The only time you go get somebody else and you tell anybody else it's to get them to help you fix it. It's not to go get to go tell somebody else how bad you've been treated, but it's to fix it because we're not children, are we? Aren't we supposed to be mature Christian adults growing up and believing the best about everybody? That's what we're supposed to Okay, so let me go on to another one. Here's another story. I worked for uh, uh, one guy in, in ministry, and, and uh didn't work for him very long. He, he was my boss. I didn't look, work for him very long. And, and he, he, I didn't learn a lot from this guy, but I learned this one thing from him. Is we, we had some people ask us one day, he, he and I, and I don't remember who all was standing around, they asked me, they asked us, had we heard about a particular minister and how he had had a moral failure? Now, th that means he com committed adultery or he did, he did something. It no normally means something of a sexual nature, you know, when you say moral failure. I mean, if he got drunk or something, they'd have probably just said, you hear he got drunk. But they, moral failure, that's kind of code word for that. And so they asked, I don't remember who it was, I don't remember what, what happened or anything like that. Again, God gave me this awesome mind to just dump stupid stuff, you know. I, I appreciate that, God, for, for that. And so they asked us that, and this boss of mine, 
that I didn't learn a lot from, but I learned this from him. He said, he said, he said you know, I did hear a little something about that, but I really don't want to hear any details because I don't want the mental image in my head. Now, now, now think about this. You tell me about a football play that happened yesterday. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be seeing it in my head. Hmm, yeah, okay, I got it. Uh-huh, yeah. You tell me about how your living room is laid out and your couch is here and your sofa's here, and I'm, I'm getting a mental image that is pictured. So you start telling me how someone acts, I'm going to start getting a mental image. You tell me how a man who's not married to a woman acts with this woman that she's and she's not married to him you tell me how they start acting toward one another I'm going to get a mental image that I don't want and I don't need and when he said that I thought wow wow I never thought about it that way and, and, it, and it really it was another one of those kind of steps with God that just kind of just kind of made me go a little further than that it's like mm, yeah you're right I don't I don't need that stuff I don't need that junk and started shutting that, that kind of thing listen think about this when you listen to gossip it impacts people around you now, now think about that after church I'm standing here and several people around and somebody walks up and wants to share some gossip and I stand there and I listen and I smile say yeah that's bad what does everybody around me think when they're watching the pastor listen to gossip you know what, what is how does that impact everyone else remember because we should be remember the, the third thing was we should be an example to one another but you know what? Refusing to listen to gossip will also impact all those people standing around you too. When, when that, like my boss there, when he showed me the out, he gave me the out. Now I know what the out is. And just like, oh man, I don't want to hear any of that because, because uh, I, I don't want the in, mental image. I, I, I don't want that to be what I think of this guy. I, I don't, so it's a, I'd really rather you not tell me. Can, can, can I tell you something? Come on, can I tell you something? I don't need to know all the details of the mess in your life to pray for you. I can pray for you. I, if you've got a troubled marriage, I can pray for your marriage without knowing all the blows and, you know, and how it all came down. I don't have to know all of that. You know, so it, it enables me. So, so here's the third story I'll tell you real quick. And this is not like a story so much, but I've had, and I, I counted this week, I can remember four times uh, since I've been in ministry that I've had the opportunity to reach out to a friend who's been accused of something like a moral failure. Um, I, don't, I don't even remember uh, right now, th I, I, instead of trying to think through, I, but I think it was all, all of them were accused of something sexual. Men in ministry, they were accused of something sexual. And... Uh, I was able to reach out, I, I, I had the opportunity, they were friends of mine, and I reached out to them, and, and I said, look, I don't know a lot, and I don't want to know any more than I know. I just want you to know, I'm here for you, I'm praying for you, and whatever, whatever. And I know some of you, man, he needs to be held accountable, doesn't he? He was accused, okay, so somebody was holding him accountable. And so, and when I said, here, here's the reason, is because guilty, I, here's something I know, I, I've learned. Guilty people and innocent people have this one thing in common. They need somebody to be their friend. You know, you've been guilty in the past, and you've been accused of things when you were innocent. And both times, you needed friends. You needed somebody to be there for you. Not somebody, you know, <laughs> you needed people to hold you accountable, but you also need friends. Okay, so 
And here's scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if, any, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, are you godly? I mean, we should all aspire to that say, okay, you're talking to me. I, I want this to be about me, right? I want to be considered, yeah, okay, I'm godly. What are you telling us, Paul? You should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Isn't that the goal? Not to figure out what the story is. Not to get the sordid details, not to be in. And, you know, I've always found out that the people who like to know the details, they like to tell people the details because they want everybody to know they know everything and they really don't know everything. You know, but that's the goal is to win them back to the right path. But look how he closes it with a reminder. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. If you're not careful, what happened? Yeah, every one of us, we're also liable to fall into the same temptation there's a reminder there so if this were to happen oh god i hope i got some friends if i blow it and uh, listen i blow it i don't blow it maybe as bad as and, and, and listen those those four friends i'm pretty sure two of them were guilty maybe three but it didn't matter they needed they needed a friend and 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 if i if i ever blow it that big i hope i got some friends I hope I got some people that won't just want to hold me accountable, but they want to be there with me. Want to be there with me. So let me. Let me take you someplace else. And, and I, I was going to say real quick, but I really want to stay here a long time. I just don't have the time to do it, okay? Is the marks of maturity. Because here, here's the way. Here's the way to actually impact the people around you in a positive way. Be mature. When you're mature, you're going you're gonna to impact people in a positive way. And... and these are, I, I'm not really going to preach these, but I'm really going to try. I'm going to read through them real quick, mention them real quick, but it's, it's really hard to not. I mean, here's a sermon series right here, okay? Is keep commitments. If you're, if you're a mature person, you keep commitments. When you tell somebody you're going to be somewhere, you're there. And you're there on time. And if you're late, you let them know you're going to be late. That's what maturity peop, mature people do. No, they don't. I, I, I grew up, I had a, had a best friend, and, and uh, I, mentioned, I mentioned him a few weeks ago, and he, he said, uh, he used to say, you know, didn't you tell him you'd be there? He said, yeah, they'll know I'm not coming when I don't show up. That's not a very mature way to handle it, is it? But when we commit to something, we should keep our commitments. Uh, number two, put space between emotions and actions. All this means is when you get emotional, if you're mature, you will know you will act incorrectly or wrongly if you don't put some space there and settle down and think about things. That's a mark of maturity. Uh, display gratitude. Be forward about displaying gratitude. It's a mark of maturity. Pursue wisdom. Not just uh, want wisdom, but actually pursue it. Now, I got people in my life that I ask, and they say, man, I'm messing up here somewhere. Show me something. Tell me something. Give me, give me some wisdom here that they pursue wisdom, that they actually are on a track looking for wisdom. That's what maturity is. Maturity is not just accepting if it shows up. Maturity is not just sitting here on a Sunday morning and receiving whatever the pastor throws out, but looking for it even deeper uh, making peace not hoping peace shows up but actually making peace uh, easily delay gratification okay easily you know because the more mature you get the easier it is for you to delay gratification to say I need this but right now let's do this for you or I need this but right now let's take care of this mission mission need or something like that I need this but the kids need shoes so let's take care of the kids shoes and that it gets e that it's easy to do that. That's the mark of maturity. Not that you did it one time. <laughs> not that one time you said, "Okay, okay, I'm not going to buy 
this so I can get, not know that you easily display uh, delay gratification, have a distaste for drama. I would love to preach for about 20 minutes right here. Mature people have no time for drama. That's why their eyes glaze over when you start talking to them. And you start sharing all the drama in your life. And they're like, oh God, can we just get to a place of prayer about this thing and maybe me go on or whatever. They have, they have a distaste for drama. If you've got drama in your life, you're not mature. If you invite drama into your life, if, you, if you're the person that you've always got drama into your life and you've got to share all your drama in your life, because let me tell you, mature people, they have drama. They just don't share it with everybody. They just don't, they just don't give it out to everybody. They don't, they don't try to bring everybody into their... Let, let me tell you what's happened to me. They don't have to bring everybody in. Oh, I've got to go on. They are not easily offended. Mature people, people who have reached some levels of maturity do not get easily offended. That's why it's easy for them to believe the best. They accept responsibility. They don't deflect blame. So, well, yeah, yeah, I, I might have done that, but no, 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 no. Mature people said, buck stops here. Okay, I, I did this wrong. And, and you know, one, one of the rules I used to have when, when our kids were growing up, when they were small, is, is uh, if one of them did something wrong and then the other one retaliated in some way, then they wanted to tell me how they retaliated because this one did something wrong. And I said, no, when you, when you acted wrongly, you lost the opportunity to tell me how they acted wrongly. That was one of the rules growing up in, in, in my house. Aren't you glad you didn't grow up in my house, I guess, right? They uh, accept responsibility, don't deflect blame. Uh, mark of maturity, they selfless sacrifice without expectation of return. Selfless sacrifice. You know, so this, this is like the height of maturity because we sacrifice and know that there is something coming back. We sow, we reap. But a mark of the, the height of maturity is when you actually sacrifice and you don't care if you reap anything down the road. You're not giving so you can get back, even though you know that's the way God works. And I give, and it's, it's just going to keep happening, keep happening. You just start giving because, because of that. Uh, and find joy in other people's success, not envy. That you don't find envy or jealousy in other people, but you find joy. Okay, but I'm not preaching those, right? <laughs> I just spent about five minutes doing that. I'm not preaching those. Okay, here's the last one. All right, next, next slide. That to prioritize others over themselves. That's the, la that's the one I want to preach about here for the last few minutes that I've got, okay? Is this is the mark of maturity, is that, that we prioritize other people over ourselves. And you don't hear that preached anywhere except in church every once in a while. And not very often. You know, but that's how Jesus lived. And that's what he taught. In Romans chapter 15, verse 3, Paul says, For even Christ didn't live to please himself. The one that, that, that should be honored and glorified and, and, and exalted and, and taken care of and, and seen to er every idea that he has in his head we ought to take care of, even he didn't live for himself. And he taught us to do this. And, and so this market maturity is getting to this place where we don't live for ourselves. And, and I mean, we see, we see this, and as we grow up, we, hopefully we start getting there. But, you know, a lot of us don't ever get there. So let me give you some pr progressive steps to getting there. And that's what those are right there. It's because we all start out doing what we want or like. As babies, that's what we do. Whatever we want or like, we scream, we yell, and we cry, and somebody gives us what we want or we like. You know, and, and then we start taking care of what we need. Now, that's not a lot of maturity yet because you're still only taking care of your needs. You know, because a baby wants something and they cry and they get it. But then a baby needs something. They're hungry. 
and they cry. They're taking care of their needs. That's not maturity. They're, you know, my diaper's wet. They cry. You know, it's their need. And I'm relating that to us. When we're just taking care of what we need, again, we're still not really taking steps of maturity yet. Then doing what has to be done. Okay, that's really kind of taking the first steps of maturity. When you don't just do what you want, or you don't just do what you need, but you do what has to be done. That's the first step. You know, like, I don't feel like getting up and going to work. But I'm going to get up and go to work this morning because i gotta, I got to pay bills. I don't feel like doing this. Or I don't want to do this. Or, you know, i got a lot of other things, but this is what has to be done. I get up. That's, that's kind of the first step for most of us to take in maturity. You know, when you become a teenager or, or, or maybe when you get out of school is you begin to really understand what, what this step is about. But then the next step is responding, is, I'm sorry, is seeing someone else's pain or need. That you begin to see that, wait a minute, other people are hurting too. I'm not the only one who doesn't have a perfect life. And then actually responding to needs beyond yourself. But again, normally when we first start responding, it's almost like an arm twist. Oh, I know I need to do this, and okay. Because really the height of it, as Christ lived it, is when you live to help others in a serving lifestyle. That you live to help others in a serving lifestyle. And that is so foreign to how we live, most of us, our daily lives. But Christ lived to help others, a serving lifestyle. That's how he lived, and that's how he calls us to live. That's what makes us different. I mean, it's not that we show up, you know, at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning that makes us different. Everybody out there, they've got places they go, just different times of the week. That's not what makes us different. What makes us different is that we live to help others, that we have this serving lifestyle that Christ set inside of us. And here's what I want you to do with this. I want you to just kind of look around for the rest of this service. Maybe you don't do it right now, but I want you to just kind of look around for the rest of this service. We're going to close in prayer. We've got one more song we're going to sing. And, then we're gonna, and, and even before you get out the door, I want you to just look around. And I want you to think about this. That the people that you're looking at, as you look around this room, someone just got bad news from their doctor. In this room, right here. Or they're going to get bad news this week and they don't know it yet. Someone just lost their job or they got caught in cutbacks. Or they didn't get a promotion or a raise that they were promised somebody in this room right here or, or, or that's going to happen this week that someone in this room might lose their job as you look around this room think about the fact that someone here is struggling in their marriage they don't know if they can hold it together much longer someone else is, is, is hurting financially and they don't know where groceries are going to come for, from, from for tomorrow right here in this room as you, as you look around, th these, these aren't just lifeless entities that show up on Sunday to have church with you. There are hurting people in this room. There are people, as you look around, there are people who feel absolutely alone. Sitting right here in the middle of this. And they feel alone. There are people that are depressed. 
that have anxieties and depression that, that has become chronic in their life and they don't know what to do about it. And think about this. There are people, there are people sitting right here in this room who are fearful of something that you've already been through and that you know is just a temporary thing and that you know God has the power to take care of and that you know if they can just hold on. You see, it's those people that you have the opportunity this morning to have real lasting impact. Lasting impact. So, so stop avoiding eye contact. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. If you've ever flown American Airlines, uh, I'm sorry, not American, Southwest Airlines, they don't do reserved seating. It's like you, you get in that little aisle and you jump and find your own little seat. If you want to sit by yourself, let me give you a little hint. Sit toward the back because the front seats fill up. So if you want to sit by yourself, go to the back because normally no pe people start filling up that way. I was on a flight one time, though, and, um, and I kind of sat about probably three or four rows from the very back because, you know, I was thinking, I don't, I'd kind of like to be alone today. It's like, that's a great attitude for a minister to have, isn't it? I'd just kind of like to be alone today, you know. And, um, and, and people are coming down the aisle, you know, and all of, all of us sitting in this, in this airplane, on this Southwest Airlines airplane, we were all doing our very best to not appear too friendly and accidentally invite someone to sit by us just by our looks and our smiles, you know what I mean? And so the stewardess, she had to, she went over, she grabbed the intercom, she had to go on the intercom, she said, ladies and gentlemen, this flight is sold out, every seat will be taken, you will have someone sitting beside you, so stop avoiding eye contact. <laughs> stop avoiding eye contact. Stop avoiding eye contact. You know, have you ever, have you ever done that? Or maybe you hid from somebody. Somebody comes into Walmart. You say, oh, oh, goodness. Now, see, I'm scared I'm going to get caught. So I don't, I don't, I don't ever crouch down. <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to get caught. So I, I say, okay. I, no, I mean, even when I've had a bad day or I don't have time or I'm in a hurry, I know I can't. You know, because, you know, you crouch down, they come around the corner, and they're like, oh, what are you doing there? Oh, I was just checking out this uh, uh, um, athlete's foot medicine or something, right? I, I don't know. You just get caught. I'm, a, I'm always afraid I get caught on something like that. So instead of that, I just, I just kind of walk this way. You know, make, if they don't see me, I can get out the door, right? I, honest, true confession here today. I'm in a hurry or those kinds of things. Let me tell you this. The last person you dodged may be the person God was trying to connect with you. It may have been a God thing. And you know what? Pastor's confessing this morning. I did it this week. In the middle of preparing for this sermon. Man, has God been on me the rest of the week. Yeah, I saw someone and I said, man, I'm in a hurry. And, and you know, I hadn't seen them in a long time. Wasn't one of y'all, okay? <laughs> hadn't seen them in a long time. And, you know, I've gotten all the excuses. You know... They're in ministry. She's married to a minister. Now, I'm not doing this like this, but all these thoughts are going through my head. She's probably okay. She probably doesn't need to talk to me today. She probably, she probably does it, probably does it, probably does it. I don't know. And by the time she was gone and I was gone, and, and she never looked my way or anything, I was under such conviction 
Maybe I was the maybe maybe I was the person that she needed somebody to say, "You having a good day? Everything going all right? Praying for you." Romans twelve thirteen. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So we're going to do that this morning. You've been listening to the Church Twenty Nine Eleven Sermons podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.